Welcome to the Art and Life Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Gallegos. This podcast is an experiment in philosophical conversation, intended to inspire hope and inspiration in your creative pursuits. Follow along as I interview creatives from all backgrounds and walks of life. Listen while you work, listen while you create, listen while you dream up your next breakthrough idea. It's possible to make a life from your art, skill, or craft, whatever that looks like. Now, let's dive into this concept we call creativity. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Taylor G here. I have a very special guest with me today. I always have special guests, but today's extra special because this is my younger cousin, Cora Mitchell. Cora's from Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and she currently lives in Australia, in Melbourne. And she's making her way in the world in an artistic and creative way. And you're going to hear all about it. I'm excited about this one. Uh, Just a heads up, at one point, my sweet little dog, Nova, absolutely loses her mind. And uh, you'll get to hear that. And, um, yeah, and then in the middle of the recording, we cut out twice. So, I mean, that's just what happens when you're recording international podcasts. Occasionally, it doesn't go super smooth. But the content is awesome, and uh, Cora and her boyfriend are doing really creative things in their time in quarantine, and... Um, Cora's just a really fun human to hear talk about life and her perspectives. So, uh, without further ado, please enjoy Miss Cora Mitchell. Welcome everybody to the Art and Life podcast. This is episode number 34, I believe. That might be wrong, but we're up around there. Uh, today who I have with me is a very, very special guest. I've known her for her entire life. She is my little sweet cousin, Cora. And uh, Cora, thanks for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Definitely. This is a pleasure. Um, So why don't you begin by telling everybody who you are, where you're from, how you got to where you're at. Cool. Um, I am Cora, Taylor's little cousin. Um, I am born and raised in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. A beautiful, beautiful place if you haven't been. I know Taylor just got to take a trip out there. Um, I grew up skiing a lot, being outside a lot. Um, My dad is a big lover of all things adventure. So I was fortunate enough to do that growing up. Um, Was really into ski racing. Got in some pretty decent accidents recovered kind of gave that one up went to college in california santa clara university didn't really know what i was doing for a good half of that but then um ended up majoring in communications and minoring in sustainability and international studies I then took about half a year to travel, which was really, really special and very important in my life and kind of led me to where I am. 
Um, I, during that time, ended up applying to a grad school program in Melbourne, Australia, at the University of Melbourne. Um, It's a Master's of Executive Arts. And fast forward, I went home, spent the summer in Jackson Hole, skied that winter, and then moved to the other side of the world to start grad school. Went to school for about two weeks. Um, Then everything kind of stopped in its tracks. Um, Coronavirus came and they stopped school, put it all online. Um, My boyfriend, thankfully, came over here. So for the past about five months, I'd say, I've been going to school online and hanging out with him. So yeah, that's kind of my little brief introduction. Nice. Now, go into what your master's degree is in. What it, talk about the executive of the arts. Yeah, so it is a master's of executive arts. So it's basically kind of modeled similar to an MBA, like a master's in business. However, it's focused more on the arts and cultural sector. Um, so leading people towards, you know, maybe a career in fine art or um, creative direction or management or even things such as NGOs. Um, I personally was very intrigued in it because my whole life I've found that I always really loved the artistic and creative world, but I was never really able to find my place in it. Um, However, in college, my best friend was a studio art major, and I, despite not being an art major at all or even really taking any art classes, spent all of my time in the arts building and hanging out with them. So I always had this attraction to the artistic world, um, but it wasn't necessarily through an artistic medium. So... I was super excited when I heard and kind of started looking into this degree because it seemed to be possibly my my place in the world of creatives. That's awesome. So you kind of, yeah, you were, you were like on the outside looking into the art world, and, but then just through osmosis, you really like took it on yourself and you really dove in. Yeah, it actually, it's kind of a funny story how it all came into play, but um, my dad spends a lot of time in New Zealand, and he has throughout pretty much his entire life and um, created some really good and outstanding friendships there, one of which he actually... Um, was doing this crazy race. I don't even know what it was, but it's some absurd, I believe, bike race. And he had done it like with no support and I guess was on the side of 
was at the finish line and some man came up to him and was like, you look terrible. Like, do you need some water or some food? Like, where is your support vehicle? Where are you staying? What is wrong with you? And um, he was like, I don't really know. I don't have anywhere to stay. I just kind of got here. Like, I've been, you know, working on the other island for a little bit. And the guy ends up bringing him into his home and my dad ends up staying there for like a month and they became really good friends. Fast forward. He had a son, um, whom my dad really hit it off with. And later in life, they ended up buying a camper van together and now spend a lot of the year, um, together in New Zealand you may have even, their names are Murray and Andrea. Um, Taylor, you may have even possibly met them. I know they met our grandmother and um, are very lovely people. But she was actually the one who spoke to me about the degree in the first place because I had spent a week at their house um, and had expressed my total confusion in what to do next and she had asked me many questions about what I liked what I didn't like what I felt were my strong suits etc etc and then she came to me one day with um this master's program and had had a friend whom had a kid that had done it and ended up having a really cool job in London at an arts gallery. And so she kind of was the spearhead of it all. That's awesome. Especially because I think so many people feel that like complete confusion when they graduate where they're not sure what they're going to do. And how did that feel to you to go from like, no idea to like, Hey, I think I know what I'm going to do. Well, it was kind of, for me, it felt really exciting. The second that I started looking at it, I felt as if I had never really resonated with, um, uh, academic course or, you know, pathway before. And I actually applied that night. I stayed up all night and wrote like three essays and applied, paid all the fees, didn't tell either one of my parents, um, (laughs) just applied to grad school on a whim and didn't know if I'd get in, didn't really talk about it or think much about it, but the whole time was started looking more into it watching videos of people who had completed it before um you know looking at the courses available and as opposed to college when it's felt to me like a lot of things that were interesting but not necessarily things that I wanted to bring into my professional life um it started you know they started being really interesting to me and things that I could see myself doing on a day-to-day basis. So it was kind of this excitement that I had yet felt. Um, 
And although I still have no idea what exactly my future life and or career will be, I feel a lot more comfortable and confident that I'm on the right direction towards that and that it'll kind of eventually fall in place. I totally agree. And I know it will. Um, Yeah. You, one thing that I'm thinking about right now is just how you as a person are just a charger, like what you do, you point, you point your skis in that direction and then you go a hundred percent. And do you, and you, you did that as a skier. Like I always loved talking about you as a little skier because you were (laughs) the smallest one. You have an older sister, Jameson, and out of Jameson, my brother, Cam and me, you would beat us all down the hill and you're (laughs) the youngest. And, um, it's like, and you had one time when you were nine, you had a, I had a talk with you. We were just talking at the ski area and we were talking about like competition versus practice. And you were saying that during practice, you want to let everyone win a little bit because, because like you want to have fun and you want to let them have fun. And I was like, well, what happens when it's race time? You're like, well, that's when I win. (laughs) 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 And so like, I feel like this is something that you, you know, that mindset, that mentality is something that you just like are. And do you feel like that, you feel like that sort of a mindset applies to like school and life as you get older? Yeah, for sure. I found that I am really, especially when it's something that I'm creating and have control over like that to me has kind of been my more competing mindset, you know, so taking, you know, what I used to apply to my sports in that, you know, practice was kind of whatever, but like when I needed to bring it, I'd bring it and wanted to do it well and completely. That is how I kind of feel in my academics as well. And that um, when it's something that I'm putting my name behind and, you know, have to, is an extension of what I am doing and creating I want it to not only be good but I want it to be the best that it possibly can be and you know not take any shortcuts in getting there so I think that that in and of itself also just keeps on escalating in that the further I get into my studies and you know the tinier it becomes more specific and more narrow and my classmates, you know, people, the pond is growing smaller and smaller in terms of what people are interested in and what they're choosing to further their education about. Um, So because of that, I think the competition, you know, does you know, a bunch of 19 year olds that don't really know what they're doing all taking like a intro into politics class you know it's a little bit more serious and because of that I find it more fun I like competition I (laughs) I think it's fun (laughs) 
totally do you feel like you're like that competitive side ever gets out of balance where like do you like do you go overboard on perfectionism ever is that an issue for you or do you feel like you you have a nice balance with things like that yes and no I'm kind of the weirdest perfectionist in the world in that I am perfectionist about very specific things and not about other things at all. Um, you know the term wabi-sabi? Yeah. Explain Highly that for everybody. With that. Highly resonant. So wabi-sabi is like finding the perfection and imperfection. Um, and so I, when I do something, I want it done in a quite particular way and for it to be the best and typically don't want to take shortcuts in order to get there however you would not walk into my room and necessarily think I'm a perfectionist um and so for me it's kind of been finding that happy medium of I would say I'm more particular and less of a perfectionist that's that's where I'm gonna and that one nice yeah i think it's i i think i mean there's got to be a balance somewhere in the middle because you can't be 100 percent perfectionist or else you'll just get lost in the weeds completely but if you're not going after perfection then you're lacking in quality or execution and so it's like the balance it seems like it's like striving for perfection and then some like knowing when to let it go Exactly, exactly. And like, I think having your own, um, you know, concept of what perfection is. Um, and for me, I kind of like things a little unperfect. That's kind of, you know, again, the whole wabi-sabi concept that I really resonate with and enjoy. And that, um, you know, if you take, you know, my sister... Um, she is, as you know, a very, very smart and talented individual, and she is going into medicine, um, is currently in med school, and she is definitely more of a perfectionist in the traditional manner, in that you could see in our bathroom when we would share it, she'd want something a certain way and then I weirdly would want it like turned a little bit a different direction just to make it a little less perfect um <laughs> so that kind of displays like the perfection but also steering away from you know perfection as we most know it oh yeah I'll bet you would walk, she'd go in the bathroom and do one thing and then you'd walk in and turn it a little bit and then she'd walk in and straighten it. Exactly. <laughs> and you'd turn it again. She used to know when I used her face lotion. For sure. I would leave it with like the label facing the other way. <laughs> yep. Oh, we love her. Sounds like sisters. <laughs> um. Yeah, so then... You've been in Australia. You've been rocking this uh, lockdown just like everybody else. And your boyfriend is a photographer. And so you and you've done some modeling in the past. 
and yeah. now you guys like seems like you're his subject and you guys are having all kinds of fun yeah so well it's actually kind of a crazy story so he um is also from jackson and decided he was gonna move here but i came down here quite a bit earlier than him um and one day I got a phone call from my mom and she travels a lot for work, um, is a very smart individual. And usually when she gives me advice, it's, um, it's right. And she called me and was like, look, I think the world is about to get really messy. And I know Charlie's supposed to come in like a month. I think you should call him and see if he can come earlier because I think it's going to be really hard to travel in a few weeks. And I didn't really think much of it, but gave my boyfriend a call. He was like skiing at the resort and in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, coronavirus at this time was very much an afterthought did not exist in people's brains but I was like look I don't really know what's going on but my mom just told me that if you want to come still you might need to you know change your flight and get out of there so turns out he changed his flight for a week earlier he gets here and the next day literally like 12 hours later they shut down um you weren't allowed to enter Australia if you weren't a resident. So he got in by moments. Um, and if he would have, you know, kept his original flight, he never would have gotten here. So that was crazy. And then he got here and it went straight into lockdown. Um, so we had lots of time to have fun we live in a very small apartment um but have been able to kind of make it into a little photo studio a few times we actually in Australia now um are in our third round of lockdowns and they take it super seriously here so we as of now, you can't go more than five kilometers from your house. Um, no one can be outside for more than an hour a day for exercise. And you can't be with anyone that you don't live with. Um, only one person per household can go to the grocery store. You have to wear a mask or you get fined. Um, and so pretty much we can't leave our little apartment um so life's definitely weird and we have done our best to kind of capitalize on that um and see sometimes with a smaller space it's even more fun to see you know what can be done um and we have actually worked with a lot of different people in the community um, that are creating, you know, things such as isolation packages, wine boxes, blankets, et cetera, et cetera. 
um, and photographed it for them all in our tiny, tiny apartment. So we always joke that we somehow became the isolation booze box content creators of Australia. <laughs> Are people sending you um, booze boxes to to rep? Oh, yeah. We, this morning at around 8 o'clock, we got a Uber delivery, which I didn't even know existed, but I guess you can just have Uber drivers deliver you things of, like, three cases of beer. Um, and not, like, cases. I'm talking packages, like, flats. Um, Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. So... That's what Charlie's up to currently, but ah. it's been fun and it's been a good way to, um, you know, kind of flex that creative muscle and you have to really think about um, what can be done differently because when you're given the same space and the same two people over and over again you know it's a little bit different you can't do the same thing each time so that's been really fun and it's been nice we work well together and that he kind of helps me practice what I'm going to school for which is just you know kind of manage doing the more management and um directing side of the art world where you know at the end of the day he's the talent behind the camera um and he knows all the tricks and trade that make no sense to me hmm. that's great that's really fun i like i like that that is existing right now yeah yeah and it's been he actually he's currently um making cyanotype clothing so that is using this traditional like photo tech printmaking technique that they actually used to use for blueprints like way way back in the day um and you can actually paint the chemistry onto clothing and then layer it with negatives and expose it in the sun for a certain amount of time and the print then comes in um blue on the clothing so that's kind of been another little creative side project for us which has been very fun is he doing them in the windows like in the light coming through the window oh my i wish you could see the contractions that he <laughs> creates but We've done everything from the windows to the side of the street. Um, we made one for a friend the other day and he wanted like a chain link on it. And so at one point I was literally in my slippers carrying this big silver chain going out to the side and we all were wearing our masks. So I'm wearing my slippers, have this massive chain around my neck and a mask and we are going to the side of the street and Charlie's holding just this like plexiglass 
contraption with a towel on top and like some flowers and putting it on the middle of the sidewalk. We looked like total insane people, but it worked out. It looks great. Nice. <laughs> I like that. You guys are awesome. Um, yeah, it's been fun. Yeah, totally. Making fun out of a situation that's not that fun. It's good. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. Like this whole lockdown has really like pushed everybody into uncomfortable situations and then with that there's all these like creative solutions that have had to been been thought of so it's definitely a little silver linings of it all yeah and we've also we've gotten super super into cooking as well which has been really fun and you can definitely I at least really see the parallels in you know art and creativity and cooking and just the ability to make something with your hands and create something and then enjoy it um, has, for me at least, just been life-saving through all of this. Um, I know I go, some days I'm on Zoom for hours and hours and hours just looking at a computer screen um, and by the end, I just feel so drained and so exhausted. Um, and then to have the ability to, you know, stand for two hours and create something delicious and beautiful um, has, I just think is not only therapeutic, but such a fun, good use of your time as opposed to then sitting down and you know watching tv or looking at your phone or you know all those other things I really crave doing something with my hands and making something totally and cooking is 100% an art especially like in so many ways because there's there's this sort of like a series element to it too every dinner you have a new opportunity to make something and you know, you can kind of come up with a menu of things that you make and then you do the same things over and over again through time. And every time you try to make it a little better and it's like you're definitely your own artist with your tools. And and then you can look up stuff from the other side of the world and throw new styles in. Exactly. And I mean, I personally credit my father for a lot of my love of cooking and enjoying, but I remember even as a little kid, like even if we got home super late or were really tired or, you know, you could tell that he was stressed or super busy at work. Like I remember watching him no matter what was still like chop up all the garlic, you know, make his own tomato sauce, like do the whole thing. And then as I got older, I kind of realized like the more therapeutic and um enjoyment like the craft of it yeah yeah totally and that's uh you know brings you into the present moment it's like meditative totally totally and I mean it's that same thing with you know what we were talking earlier about the idea of perfectionism and I think it all kind of comes down to like 
what you're willing to take shortcuts with and what you would rather do really well and you know you don't mind sweating your tomatoes or you know hand chopping everything because you want it to be like the best that it you know it's not just a tomato sauce you want it to be the best tomato sauce you've made all week um and so to me I see a lot of parallels between you know just kind of what you choose and what you think deserves you know your full attention and full effort and energy totally because you only have so much time and energy and exactly and so you have to make decisions and there's like these things are going to be done 100 percent, and these things these can these can be off a little bit and it's okay yeah yeah and you know that's part of especially when like the older you get the more you realize that there's so many things that you could give your attention to at all hours of the day so it's just kind of deciding like what makes you feel good what what fills you up and what is more of like an energy vampire mm-hmm. yeah all right so now let's talk about this a little bit i have an advisory group there's i have five people that i talk to it's once a quarter i have a meeting with the with these people and they give me their opinions on things and you are my advisor in the world of social media and sort of like what's happening now and in the future in terms of like how art can be connected um through technology and so yeah the i i read out a little document beforehand and i send that to you and you read it and then we have 15 minutes and you give me your ideas um and it's been awesome and i want to know what your perspective is on it it's been awesome on my end i've i've definitely been helped along the way through some good stuff are you there still hmm Coco. Haha, we're back. Technology. Oh my gosh. So I'll have to edit that that back together, but we were talking and I was saying that you are one of my advisors. Um, Yeah, so it's a, a little advisory board. I've got five people that I talk to once a quarter. I write up a little document of what I'm going through and then you give me your perspective on it. And you are my social media, um, art and technology, art in the future type um, advisor. And I was just saying that it's been a great experience for me so far. And I wanted to hear your perspective on it. Yeah. I mean, I, again, kind of like how I feel, um, you know, collaborating with Charlie, sometimes I love nothing more than, um, you know, kind of, hello. Hello. Okay. We should be good. (laughs) All right. Back to Um, it. Back to it. I was just 
finishing up about how for me being a part of your advisory board has been this cool intersection of a lot of my interests and things that I you know have studied in school and kind of expressed interest and value in my life um and being able to you know look at art and artists but also try and kind of think like a business person which I think is something that is challenging and oftentimes is a big struggle for people in the creative world um and I applaud you for you know you do such a good job of trying to put time and energy and effort into all the different sectors of you know what it means to be an artist but also what it means to you know make a business out of it and find success in it which definitely is not easy um but yeah I love it I think it's fun and it's a cool opportunity for me to kind of see you know not only the interworkings of what you know a practicing artist does and needs um in order to be successful but also to kind of try things out you know see what works what doesn't work um what people have fun with what comes naturally and easily and you know what doesn't totally i'm excited for uh just things that keep on developing i feel like i mean you and I have probably been working together for about a, like maybe a year now, maybe nine months. And it's about the same and a little bit longer with a couple of the others. And I feel like things are really just starting to, to roll smoothly. And, yeah. um, you know, and like, like I, I'm, I feel like I'm developing a, a relationship, like a working relationship with each advisor and their ideas and um, how it's really starting to flow. And, I mean, I'm just really excited about what's going to happen in the next, like, you know, next year or more. I think it's going to be really fun. Exactly. And I think that's, I mean, that's one thing that I'm learning more and more just as I kind of dive further into kind of the arts and cultural sector. Um, it's just how much relationships and kind of knowing how people work you know, what their strong suits are, what they enjoy, what's easy for them, what's maybe a little bit more challenging. Um, and I found that at least for the people that I know really well um, and am confident in and know kind of their vibe and what they're into, it's so much easier to, you know, connect them to other people or easily put yourself in their shoes and, you know, know who their audience is. Um, it's been fun for Charlie and I because since I got here earlier than him um, and I actually was or am still kind of working at this natural wine bar um, and... I was able to get him all these different jobs shooting natural wine and doing content for all these different people. 
um, just because I'm so comfortable with what he can do and what his strong points are. And I'm also confident in his skill. Um, so it was quite easy for me to, you know, sell that and almost act like a mini manager, which has been fun. Totally. <laughs> You're just like dipping your toes in, in the pool of art and creativity and all these neat, like, uh, sort of roundabout ways. Yeah. I mean, I think sometimes it can probably even be annoying. We went to the bulk store. <laughs> they have these beautiful um, bulk food stores here. And we went to one the other day and we were talking to the manager guy that's there. And I was like, well, you know, if you need any photos, people are on their phone a lot these days. You know, I know a guy. And then Charlie ended up taking pictures and we got hundreds of dollars worth of credit to the bulk food store. So I've been stopping. Yeah. It's just kind of a win-win for me at this point. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, whatever works. That's great. Um, all right. So now we're moving into the, the question section of the podcast. And so I've got three questions for you. Now, the first one is if you could go back uh, in time and meet with yourself from when you were, say, like 10 years old to 15 years old, what would you say to yourself? Um, probably to be more careful, honestly. I was quite a reckless, <laughs> a reckless <laughs> young, young being. Um, that being said, I honestly am quite content with my 10 to 15 year old self. I had a great time. And I think that a lot of the mistakes that I made even then impacted who I am now. And so I fear that if I were to tell that young self something, maybe I wouldn't make some of the mistakes and then maybe I wouldn't be who I am today so maybe just be a tone it down a little <laughs> I like that I mean that's pretty wise because you never know yeah I mean all the challenges and you know bumps in the road they teach us how to not hit those bumps in the road and and a lot of times hitting bumps can be really fun <laughs> exactly it's important yeah, definitely. Um, what is, okay, what what would you say is like the most impactful piece of media that you've come across in the last little while? And this can be a book, an article, a movie, a documentary, whatever, an album. Um, we, I've been reading a lot of The New Yorker. Um, and at home, I, my mom actually collects New Yorkers, like our, her entire bathroom is actually a collage of New Yorker covers. Um, so it's always kind of been this thing that I've seen like floating around in my life. But I think before I never really had the time or the energy or desire to actually read them. Um, and it's become quite 
the ritual and kind of treat. I enjoy the intersection of humor and lightheartedness with, you know, a lot of intellectual and complex thoughts and theories and, um, you know, political political content to, you know, things a little bit more social to, I read this article this morning all about um, how we need to focus on little triumphs, like the things that no one else would be proud of, but are actually huge, you know, like going, maybe changing your wallpaper on your phone, or cleaning up your desktop computer, or painting your nails. Um, but it was this whole eight-page article about how the world needs to focus more on little triumphs. Um, I also love the cartoons. I think they're fantastic. <laughs> Hell yeah. I like, I like all of that. Yeah, the, uh, the little things. Because there's so many little things. And it's funny because there's a lot of little things that we do. You know, I can think of a bunch in my day that I do. And then I don't tell anybody about it. I don't really like uh, get excited about. But I mean, momentum builds from a small place. So why not be like, all right, that's how it started. I cleaned up my desktop on my computer. Yeah. Let me let me celebrate that. And then we go from there. And especially in, you know, times like this, I think there is a little bit of pressure. Um, and OK, so you have all this time you need to finish those four novels that have been on your bedside table and also write a manuscript and, um, you know, make some sourdough and all these, like there's a lot of pressure to do, make good use of your time. Um, and then I think that can occasionally, you know, take away some energy and stress on those little things like maybe going for a little walk or stretching um and that can be a big triumph yep yep i like it all right now we're on to question three this is the big one now what is your definition of art um my definition of art is Things that are pleasing to the eye. Um, I think that art can be manifested in so many different ways and it's so dependent on person to person. But to me, it all kind of comes back to the eye and just seeing something that makes you feel a certain type of way. Um, and kind of like we said earlier, you know, that can be food. You can get, uh, see something that's just visually extremely pleasing. And I would consider it art. You know, a greatly, a fantastically rolled spring roll, as you know, I love, I would consider art. I do. Um, and... You know, I also think things like architecture um, and buildings and 
books and type um, clothing, you know, it all kind of, at least for me, comes back to this idea of my eye just being kind of attracted to it for whatever reason. What if it's not pleasing to the eye? I think... Is it still art? Yeah, I think it's still art. I think that it's probably pleasing to someone's eye. Um, and maybe it's not. But I think that's so interesting and compelling about art is that it's usually created with the understanding that, you know, it probably won't appeal to any everyone. Um, and... I think having that understanding can kind of allow you to maybe step out of yourself for a little bit and see how um, it could be seen through someone else's lens or even just having the understanding that, you know, just because it's not your cup of tea doesn't mean it's not everyone's. But I think to have... For me, at least, the idea of art being something that's, you know, pleasing to my eye and invokes emotion or feeling helps me personally kind of find art in my day-to-day life. Um, So it might not be the most robust definition of what art is, um, but to me, having that idea and concept kind of helps me see it you know when I'm walking down the street or even see you know some leaves piled up in a very pleasing beautiful way I think that in and of itself you know can be art or seeing a beautiful photograph um so what is the actual definition I have no idea but that's the definition that I can kind of get the most bang for my buck out of Totally. I like it too, because I mean, talking about the, the pile of leaves, you know, you're, you're finding art in nature. Yeah. And then in other places, people are making it and then it's art that way. But it's like, so it's like art is sort of transitory and like floats uh, across different things. And it connects with who's looking out at the world, using the lens of art, and also who's making it. Exactly. It's nice. Well, Cora, this has been a fantastic conversation, and um, this is the part of the podcast where I tell you how awesome you are, because it's been really fantastic watching you grow up and become the awesome human that you are, and you've always been awesome, but <laughs> you're, you're getting more and more as time goes on, and uh, yeah, I really appreciate you as my advisor, and I'm excited to see what we come up with in the future. Well, I appreciate you always. <laughs> um, <clears throat> let's see. Is there anyone that you think everybody should follow? Do you want them to follow you or Charlie or anyone out there? Definitely both. Yeah. Sure. Um, Where can they find you? Yeah. So my Instagram is Cora is my name. That's it. People always think that I'm saying Cora's my name. And it is my name, but it's also my Instagram. <laughs> um, 
And Charlie's Instagram is, I honestly forget, let me look. It's Chalks, C-H-A-W-K-S. It's got some fantastic photographs from New York to Jackson to Melbourne. So definitely, definitely worth a look. Sweet. Not a good laugh. (laughs) And they'll see you there on, on that feed here and there, I'm sure. Oh, they will. Definitely. Um, all right, sweet. Well, you got any last wisdom for the people? If, if you had some last words here to tell everybody, what would you say? I would say that boredom is a choice. And you will only ever be as bored as you make yourself. And I never really understood that until I was locked in a very, very tiny apartment in um, a country on the other side of the world, not knowing anyone and not being allowed to go outside. (laughs) And I discovered that boredom really is just a state of mind. Wow. Boredom is a choice. That's fantastic. (laughs) I like that a lot. Oh, sweet. All right. Well, Cora, thanks for joining. Uh, Listeners, thanks for bearing with us, you know, on all our uh, technical difficulties. But this was great. Yeah, I mean, we're on the other. I'm I'm living in Tuesday. So the fact that we can even talk, it's incredible. This is a miracle. We'll take the we'll take the little mishaps. No problem. All right. Sweet. Well, uh, Cora, thanks for being on. Thank you. Cheers. So that, my friends, was my awesome little cousin, Cora Mitchell. She's making her moves out in the world, doing her thing, getting uh, getting it done, enjoying Australia for everything it has to offer during a lockdown quarantine, global pandemic. Um, yeah, kind of have to just like figure out what you're going to do to be creative in whatever situation you're in. And uh, she and Charlie are definitely doing that. And yeah, it's been really cool to see her grow up and pursue the life that she is going after. Um, You know, like I said, I've known her for her entire life. And I've seen all the growth and changes and um, the athletic pursuits and now getting into the artistic side of things, which I think is awesome. And yeah, as I said, she's uh, one of my advisors. I have four advisors and it's a really cool process. I definitely recommend it to everybody, uh, especially entrepreneurs or creatives who are very much in their own driver's seat of their life. Um, What I did was I just chose people that have a good perspective on the world and you want to choose someone that you don't want to let down in any way. Like if they tell you what to do they give you ideas you want to go after them and yeah once a quarter you just put together a little document for them to read as to what you're going through challenges successes things you'd like ideas or perspectives on and then they for 15 minutes you get on a call and for 15 minutes they just give you their perspective on things so it's not too much time out of their life and uh, the amount that it helps you to have somebody in your corner looking 
looking out for what you got going on um, and also having like a little advisor on your shoulder going through life um, yeah it's it's really powerful so I highly recommend it to everybody and with that I guess that's all I got I hope that you're doing creative things out in the world um, it's really good for us to be creative and to follow our bliss and to be in flow state as often as possible so get out there and do it and uh and share this podcast with somebody cheers <laughs>